Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. As you sow, you'll reap. You know, I don't, I don't believe that we're to do this as kind of a, um, like an investment. That's how sometimes it's, it's regarded. You know, it's a spiritual investment. So you give and you're going to get your crop back some tenfold, some hundredfold, some, you know, that's God's business, right? I just know that whatever I sow, I'm going to reap. And I know as I'm faithful to, to pour out, that God's going to pour. And as I'm faithful to water others, God's going to water me. As I give to meet others' needs, God's going to make sure that my needs get met. I can trust in that. When you invest spiritually, you will reap a harvest. In today's message from Pastor Bill, he explains to you that when you sow, you will indeed reap. You're not going to ever lack by giving and investing into the kingdom of God. God always gives more abundantly than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. So Pastor Bill encourages you to invest into the things that the Lord is leading you to invest in. Know that He has good in store for you. You can outgive the most giving and generous Almighty God. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Galatians chapter 6 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. It'd be better to teach your kids to grow their dependence on the Lord and that they find their, their identity in Christ, that they find their, their place of strength and purpose wrapped up in their relationship with the Lord. Because through him, I can, I can do anything God wants me to do as I stay connected to the vine. There's supernatural power revealed to me. And then when I get done being victorious there, God gets the glory. I don't become some arrogant kid or person. And so anyway, he says again, um, for if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. And uh, if you write notes, you can write down 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, and I'll read it to you. It says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves, to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. And that's where the believer wants to be. And so God doesn't want us to be uh, those that are thinking we're all that, thinking we're something. No matter what you might be in the body, you might be something great. This, the person that spoke this is the Apostle Paul. My estimation of the Apostle Paul is that he's something else. I think Paul is great. I think Paul is like, I mean... Under Jesus, I look at the New Testament. I mean, he did more than anybody else. I mean, this is the this is a superhero of the faith, if you will. And he says, I'm nothing. Apart from Christ, I can do nothing. That's what he says. And so we should all have a humble attitude about ourselves. That would be healthy for the body, too. Right. If everybody here said, you know, I'm going to esteem others better than myself. I don't see myself as better than you. If I don't see myself as better than you, you don't see yourself as better than me. And then we flip that and say, I'm going to see you better than me. And you just say, I'm going to see you better than me. It's like, you know, I've never ever been at the door. And he said, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. You know, you just, you just, we just, we just going to out polite one another. You know, God, that, that would be a great environment for the body. where We're just saying, look, I'm, no one's a big shot here. Who do we always say? Who's the big deal when we gather here? Jesus. It always, that should always stand that he is the big deal. Not me. No one up here. No one out there. Jesus is always the big deal, the biggest deal. Um, and always, if we keep it right, it'll always be that way. A man can't be the big deal. It'd be bad for him and bad for the people that think he's a big deal. And so he said, if you think you're something when you're nothing, he deceives himself. And we don't want to be deceiving ourselves. Verse four. But let each one examine his own work. And then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. And so we're encouraged here to 
let each one examine himself. And the idea here is that examine yourself. Don't, don't compare yourself with somebody else. Examine what you're doing. Um, because it's human nature. What most people like to do is, um, is compare themselves to somebody else. That's the easiest way to, to not improve, to not have to do better. Uh, all you got to do is find someone that's not doing as well as you. Um, my daughter and I started this, this workout class and, you know, it, it's pretty brutal, you know. So I'm in there getting my butt kicked, you know. So I look forward to certain days. There's, there's, there's the morning class. There's some people there that are, that are a little worse off than me. I, I kind of like that class better. If I go to the four o'clock class, Everybody in that class, they've been they've been doing this for a minute. So I'm 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 the they're probably glad to see me there. They're like, all right, he's here. Woo, you know. <laughs> all you need, all you need is somebody to not be doing as well. And you might not be doing your best, but I'm doing better than you, you know? And so that's human nature, right? That's what we look for. When I was a student, you know, I was in school, I you know, I wasn't the best student. I wasn't, I didn't apply myself, but I never really liked, I didn't want to be that dumb kid, you know, so I'm like, I'm not dumb. Maybe I could have got an A or a B, you know, but I messed around and I, I ended up with a C. Well, I got to sit next to Jerry and he's got an F. I'm like, this C looks delicious compared to you got, a, you got an F? Man, I mean, you could have got that by not showing up, bro. You know, I'm at least in the 70s over here, you know, so spiritually speaking, we don't want to be doing that. We don't want to be comparing ourselves to one another. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. I'll read it to us. It says, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. That's 2 Corinthians 10, 12. So if you compare yourselves with yourselves, spiritually speaking, it's not wise. He said, let least one examine himself. Because this is what I know about me. I know who I am. And I know the journey I've been on with the Lord. And I know where I started at. I know where I've been. I can look at my life today and see. I can judge. Bill, are you progressing in your walk with the Lord? Not are you doing better than him who just started last week. Are you doing? No. Are you progressing in your walk with the Lord? Is there a better version of you today? Examine yourself. Don't compare your ministry to someone else's or your teaching to someone else. No, no. Are you growing in your ability to do what I've called you to do? Are you applying yourself? Are you, are you preparing? Are you studying? Are you doing your part? Examine yourself is what he says. And so that's what everybody can do. I'm not, you know, focused on examining you so much. He says, worry about yourself. Examine yourself. Stand before the Lord with yourself. And, and we should examine ourselves. It's a healthy practice for the believer that there be times of self-examination. Let each one examine his own work. And then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. So if I, re- if I examine my own work and I see God, I'm growing, I'm doing better in this, rejoice in that. That's, that's a cause for rejoicing. Or you'll know that I've, I've gone backwards somehow. I need to get back on track. Uh, but examine yourself. Verse 5, it says, for each one shall bear his own load. In the sense that God has given each one in the body something to do. And we're going to give an account for our part. We're going to bear our own load before the Lord. Verse 6 let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. And these are awkward verses to, for me. So I'm like, but it's there. I'm going to teach it like I teach everything else. You know, it says, let those who are taught the word share in all good things with the people that teach you the word. So 
Um, it's always been, and you can go all the way back to Leviticus. Those that would serve the Lord full time, God said they're to be taken care of by the people that they serve. And so the, the Levites, the priests and the, the Levites in the temple, they were to, a portion of what people gave into the temple, they were to live off of. That was going to be their support. As you come to the New Testament, God says, hey, in the church, um, the laborer is worthy of his hire. The person that ministers the word, they're to be taken care of by the body. This is what happens in our world, though. People have so abused this. Um, and I know there are ministers out there that they they love these verses. That's all they teach every Sunday. You guys that are here regularly know that we go through the whole Bible, chapter by chapter, and verse by verse. We teach these things when they come up, when it came up this morning. And God says, look, when, you know, if, if you're here, you're, this is your church, you're part of the body here. Um, there's an expectation from God that you show, that you share uh, your material things with this church. This is your church. If you come here, you get fed here, you grow spiritually here. God says, hey, you you should be giving here. It's an expectation from the Lord. Isn't something that we should have to get up here week by week and give y'all a tongue lash and we don't do the live. Anybody came out of churches where you, you know, I came out of a church where every week there was a mini sermonette on giving. We heard Malachi three every week. Everybody was threatened that you'd be cursed with a curse. And we marched around and did a, you know, building fun offering, pastor's love offering, tithes and offering and so forth and so on. I just don't believe that that's God's look as people grow and they know me. Um, part of your worship and we do it as part of the worship pastor Clint prays as we continue in worship and you got an opportunity to give uh, rather you do it here you do it in the box whatever everybody should do their part in that why does he bring this up here right this whole section he's dealing with how we treat one another how we deal with the body you know bearing one another's burdens dealing with a sinning brother standing with people that are going through it. and he said in the same flow of the things that they take care of those that minister to you you guys were there should be taking care of you they should be doing their part to feed you and take you through the word of God. And you should do your part to take care of the things that are necessary for a church to continue to move forward. And it's, it's all supposed to be part of a healthy body of believers that these things should be exchanged. There shouldn't be no one's no one's shortchanged. No one's losing out here. No one's being taken advantage of here. Um, it's part of what everybody does. Ministers shouldn't be up complaining. Of, I, was, I was up all night preparing this for you people, you know, and he shouldn't be up here complaining about that. And people shouldn't be out there saying, well, you know, you know he actually, you know, complaining about giving it. It's it's everybody. Ministers do what they do as unto the Lord for the benefit of the body. And the body gives to the work of the ministry as unto the Lord. And as everybody does that like that, got a healthy church. And all the needs are met and things are being taken care of as they should be. And so he says, let those who are taught uh, share in all good things with him who teaches. And I, I just thought of this because I, I, like I said we started this gym thing. Um, most things God requires, you know, most in the world, people require you to pay up front. You know, we went, we, we did the free class and then we made the commitment. And he's OK, well, then you, know, then you pay that much. Right. It wasn't like when you guys come and then as, as, as you, you know, if it was a good workout, you pay, you know, uh, you come. It's like, no, this is this is what it's going to take. But this for me to be here on these hours for this to go. So you're going to pay up front and then you can come. Um, God don't do that. Right. For the body. God says, hey, um, you know, everything else. We know that if, if you're going to go to school, you pay for school and then you go, you know, if you're going to go take a class and you pay and then you go. But God says for the church, it's not going to be like that. Um, they're going to come do it in faith. You're going to come give it in faith. Everybody's going to do what they do in faith and obedience to me. Um, and so that's what he calls for. And so in that context, we get this verse. And then I'm going to do, um, I put something together. I, I know, I noticed in verse seven, you know, Paul opens it up with do not be deceived. And there's several, there's other places where Paul opens up with that very same thing. Hey, don't be deceived. 
And one thing I've strung together is every time the Bible says, do not be deceived, it's in areas where people are commonly deceived. And so I, 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 I just what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to today we'll go down to verse nine. But next week, uh, before we finish the chapter, I want to do a I'm going to do a study called do not be deceived. And I want to go ahead and uh, look at in detail each of those areas where people are commonly deceived. And the Bible, because of that, says, hey, don't be deceived in these things. Um, and so this is one it says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. So whatever a man sows, don't, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Right. Whatever a man sows that he is also going to reap. Now, he says that in the context of telling the believers to share in all things with those that minister the word. And so uh, obviously in, in their giving. And so a lot of times it's used in that reference. But he says here, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. whatever a man sows. And so I think it, it would definitely apply to our giving, but it, it, it extends well beyond that. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Don't be deceived into thinking you're going to sow something and not reap it. Now, this is a positive and a negative, right? And the negative, don't be deceived into thinking you're going to sow fleshly things or carnal things or, or you're going to sow like that and then somehow reap good. You're going to reap what you sow. Anybody here that knows messy people, right? People that sow mess. What's their life like? It's messy. It's messy. That's that's what I mean. When you look, I look at some people and I'm like, everywhere you go, it happens again. It's you. You're the messy one. Stop calling me. You know, it's, it's you're the one. You know, that it's easy to identify. It's like I know some people that are just, you know, they're just peaceable people, and maybe something pops off every once in a while. But there are people that, wow, it's, it's everywhere you go, it happened at school, then it happened at work, then it happened at church, then it happened at the gas station. It's you. You are the messy one. You're everywhere you go as a mess. You know. Whatever you sow, that you're going to reap. Now, I know people that are very kind. That's just, they're just kind-hearted people. And they're always doing kind things to people. I, there's an expectation in my mind. That's, they're sowing that. They're just, that's who they are. That's how they sow. Um, at, I expect them to reap, you know, however God blesses that. However God, you know, ministers to them and meets them. And I, I expect that to come back upon them just the same way. And so, because it's in the context of taking care of needs in the church, God said, look, as you sow that, uh, as you give that, as you, as, you, as you give to the work of the church, as you sow that, God says, you, you'll reap. Now, here, here goes the thing with sowing and reaping, right? If, if, if I sow a, you know, if I sow apple trees, you know, I got to wait a while. I may sow apple trees today, and it may be, I don't know how long it's going to take for, I've never sown an apple tree, but I, I, would, I would presume it's going to be, it's going to take some time before apples come up, you know? I remember when I was a kid in the summer, you know, I, I tried to, um, on the side of our house, I tried to make watermelons. I wanted, my mom wouldn't buy them enough. I'm like, I'm going to make my own watermelons. And I remember I, I, I spit all the seeds down, I was watering them, and, and the vines grew. But you know how impatient kids are, you know, it'd be this big, and I'm like, let's see if it, that's not right, you know. So we never really got it going, but they were growing. We had the watermelons jumping off, you know. And, um, you know, you put the seed down. Some things grow right away. I know a lot of kids at school, they get a, 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 a sunflower seed. And, and it's a quick little project. And it starts to blossom in the window in the little cup with a, you know, with a, with a soggy napkin or whatever. I remember doing that. You know, you get kind of a quick, you know, it happens pretty quickly. And so we know that in due time, uh, there's different time frame. But as you sow, you, you will reap. And, you know, we want to be careful as the people of God that we're sowing spiritual things. That might be in our giving. It might be in just how we're dealing with, 
We sow in so many ways. We sow into people's lives. We sow in, you know, the things that we speak to people. You could be someone that's just, I'm sowing God's word, you know, intentionally. I'm, I'm, I'm sowing God's word into people's lives. As people bring me issues or people say things to me, I'm, I think of verses that might minister and I'm, I'm sowing God's word. I know that that'll bear its own fruit in people's lives. And so as you sow, you'll reap. You know, I don't, I don't believe that we're to do this as kind of a, um, like an investment. That's how sometimes it's, it's regarded. You know, it's a spiritual investment. So you give and you're going to get your crop back some tenfold, some hundredfold, some, you know, that's God's business, right? I just know that whatever I sow, I'm going to reap. And I know as I'm faithful to, to pour out, that God's going to pour. And as I'm faithful to water others, God's going to water me. As I give to meet others' needs, God's going to make sure that my needs get met. I can trust in that. And so there may be times when there's a gap in that. I don't think that, um, you know, I don't think that you should come this morning and give. I'm sowing this seed this morning of faith. And now I have an expectation that, you know, a hundredfold is coming back to me on whatever I just gave and I'm looking for it. You know, I never know how God is going to reward or bless. I just know that God, this is something that everything you've given to me, it's mine. And I have the opportunity to sow it. Now, I could sow this to the flesh. I could take all my resources and spend all my resources on me. That would be sowing to the flesh. Here's the difference, right? If I take everything God gives me and I spend it on me, I didn't send anything ahead. I didn't sow anything into the spiritual realm. I spent it all on me. So let's say I, I, let's say I bought clothes. Ten years from now, they won't be, you know, <laughs> whether they fit or not. You know, <laughs> they, they probably won't be very useful in ten years. You know, let's say I spend it on things. You know, I, I can look back over, you know, my, my life and I bought things. They're gone. I bought cars. They're gone. I bought items. They're gone. I bought electronics when they first came out the very first day. They were the hottest item on their their benign, their uses, their paperweights now. You know, like it. those things come, they go. They're of no value in time. But if 20 years ago you were sowing to the spirit, if 20 years ago you were pouring into a ministry that was pouring into people and people were being born again, disciples were being made, that that which you sowed is still going. That wasn't wasted. And when we get to heaven, it'll be there. Yeah. That, that fruit will be there. And so, you know, I'm not saying we have to give every single thing we have, but it should impact as believers what we do with our resources, what we do with our own time and everything that we have. We should be people that are mindful that, God, I'm, I'm, I'm a spiritual being that's going to spend eternity in heaven. And I want to be careful to sow spiritual things. I don't want to be a person that just, I spend everything I have on my flesh. And when I die, there's nothing to show. It's nothing. You know, he had nice clothes. Woo, you know, like, well, yeah, like that, that, there's nothing to show for all that, that, that God did. What a shame. And I'm not saying you can't have nice clothes or nice things. I'm just saying we should be um, mindful as people, the people of God, how we sow the things that God puts in our care in our hands. Amen. Amen. So once again, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows that he will also reap. Verse eight, for he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And here's what that means. If I sow to the flesh, I'm going to reap corruption. Now, that, that, that's twofold. If I just sow, if I'm a fleshly person, I just get out there and I'm sowing to my flesh. I'm doing whatever my flesh wants. I'm looking at bad TV. I'm sowing in carnal comedy. I'm listening to foul music. I'm just, I'm sowing to my flesh. God said, all that's going to bring death, uh, just corruption. Conversely, I can sow to the flesh by just everything that I purchase or go and I get. I'm sowing my resources into or things that don't matter. 
Uh, something I talk to my kids about. You know, it's like we have to be balanced. We could have you could have a little space in your life for things. This is for my enjoyment. Understand that this thing here is just for my enjoyment. God could care less. Don't let that be. a That can't be a major in your life. It, just, it, it may be a little piece, but that can't be the thing that doesn't matter at all. That can't be what your life is surrounded by or the, your life is consumed about this thing that doesn't matter. We, we got to have our life consumed in the greater portion, the thing that matters to the Lord. And so sowing to the flesh is it could be just sowing to, you know, I just spend all my time and energy entertaining my life. I just want to I just want to be entertained. That's why that's what I think about when I get up, what I'm going to entertain myself today, what I'm going to buy, what I'm going to get, what I'm going to do. And that's sowing to the flesh. Ultimately, that, that ends in death. Nothing life breathing, nothing, nothing in that that's going to bring life. But you can sow to the spirit many ways. Obviously, when I sow into spiritual things, when we're challenging you guys to get up every day and read your word, that's sowing to the spirit. That's saying, God, before I get going too strong today, I want to be fed spiritually. I want to be met by you. That this is more important to me than the things I could jump up and do first. I would like to hear from you. I'm sowing to the spirit. I'm sowing something in that the spirit of God can now use and, and bring forth. And so people that get up and spend time in prayer and in the word on a day, that's sowing to the spirit. God will make use of that. Anybody here that does that, God makes use of it. I promise you he'll make use of it as you sow to the spirit. Sometimes the, the use of it God makes, he puts me in a certain direction. I'm getting out of bed, moving in the right way. You know, my thoughts are where they need to be. I found, and I've done this before, where I get up and I'm, I convince myself, I got to hurry up and get up and go, and I'm going. And, and then by the time I get to the word, I'm going to the word because I'm like, I know I'm not right. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to fix myself. I'm going back. Let me see if I can sow the spirit and fix what, what's happening now. You know, so sometimes it's just, God, I'm going to start here. I'm going to start with you. I want, I want the first thing that's being spoken to me today to be spoken to me by you. I want my first thoughts today to be thoughts that originated from your spirit, from your mind, from your heart. It's sown to the spirit. And we do that in ourselves as we engage and interact with other people. Right. I sow in other people as I talk to people and I can sow worthless things. or I can sow spiritual things as I interact with other people. Everybody here has that potential. And so, you know, there may be times where I'm building a bridge to talk to somebody and I may be building a bridge talking about stuff that don't really matter. Talking about sports or cars or dogs or whatever. And for some people, that's how we got the conversation going. But I'm aware that if this don't turn a corner to where we're talking about something that matter, this is a waste. This is useless. And so um, that's something I try to do. I, I may we may we may begin a conversation because we have this thing in common. You might don't have in common with me the other stuff I want to talk to you about. And so I just going to just find a way. And um, that's something I try to do in, in conversations. Lord, and sometimes it's awkward and sometimes God doesn't really make it happen. I just just I just shove the door open. You know, um, I may be talking. To, I, I talk to a guy at a car place and we're talking about cars and, and we're getting this, that and the other. And I'm like, man, this is he probably could talk about this the rest of the day. I'm, I got to go soon. So, you know, I'm like, we're talking, we're talking. I just you go to church. He's oh, yeah, I used to go, you know, back in the day. And he tried to just go real quick. Oh, where'd you used to go? Well, you know, I mean, my mother went to some place. I, you know, I don't, don't, didn't even know the name of it. You don't know the name of the church you used to go to. You ain't used to go to church. <laughs> but now we was talking about church. You know, somehow we got, I don't know how we got to church. I know how we got there. You know, and, and, and for me, it was obviously just to sow into the spirit. I don't know this guy. I may never see him again. I don't want to leave him just talk about cars and that's it. I care about that. Right. Um, we have that opportunity every day in our own lives and other people's lives. And so we want to be mindful to sow into that which matters for everlasting life. And it doesn't mean that if I sow to the spirit, I'm going to get everlasting. I'm already saved. But 
There are things that you can sow down here on earth that go up, they go up before you. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Pastor Bill is going through the book of Galatians. Here, Paul lays out for us the transformation that happens in our lives when we die to sin and begin to live in the Spirit. In chapter 5, he tells us that the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. He contrasts that with the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Quite the transformation, don't you agree? Here at A Transforming Word, we are committed to presenting the Word of God that transforms hearts and minds. And you can join us in that. You can find us online at calvaryinglewood.org. When you head over to calvaryinglewood.org, look for the link to give. Your support makes the ministry possible. Together, we can spread the word of God, which has the power to take lives dominated by the flesh and fill them with the life found in the fruit of the Spirit. If you were challenged or encouraged by today's message and you'd like to hear more, check out our mobile app. Think of all the messages you can listen to anytime and anywhere you bring your phone. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We've come to the end of our time together today. We're so glad you chose to join us in learning from the book of Galatians. Let's all continue the life of transformation next time on A Transforming Word.